BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Yo, what up? This is DJ Newmark, a.k.a. Uncle New. From Jurassic 5, and you're checking out the library with my main man, Tim Onicole, on www.rapstation.com. Boston MC Acrobatic has been active in the music industry since his first single release in 1998, Rough Enough. He dropped his first album, Balanced, in 2003. Acro is the member... is a member of The Perceptionists with Mr. Liff and DJ Fax One. He just dropped his third solo album recently, Built to Last, which is definitely a must-buy. Acrobatic, thanks for joining me on The Library with Tim Einenkel on RapStation.com. Yo, thanks for having me, man. Long time coming. Cool, man. Yeah, definitely. So I just want to go straight into the album. You know, a lot can be taken away from the first track of any album. So I want to know, what did you want us to take away from the first track, Act to the Future? With uh, Acts of the Future, I just really wanted to start off the album with, with, you know, with the listener feeling like they're really checking out like a triumphant return, you know, like it's got the horns blaring in there and it it just really sounds epic. And that's why I start off with, you know, roll up on your city like the Trojan horse. Like I'm really trying to create that visual imagery of just like I'm coming in just like with regular band and just ready to, to just, you know, mess things up. I don't know. I don't want to give you no bad language, but you, you, you know, you know yeah. what I'm saying though. It's like, you know, here I am on the scene and I'm back and that, you know, that's the whole statement of, of that song um, is it, just, you know, this is me. I'm back. I've been gone for a while, but you know, they dug me up. They thawed me out. However you want to look at it. And, and here I am just ready to wreak havoc. Come on. Y'all yeah. thought I wasn't going to answer the bell. Turn me up, team. Uh, and you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. Yeah. It's time to start going off, going off. Go Roll up on your city like the Trojan horse. These rappers is Nickelodeon soft. Axe back for more. Homie simply took some sodium off the die. You in tune to the one man riot. Yeah, I wanna, kinda, that, that kind of leads me into the, uh, the, the second track, uh, Built the Last. Uh, yeah. importance of career longevity and what it what what this means to be a true MC uh, in the track built the last so I'm just curious like what like what do you think the secrets are to having a long career and what to you what makes a true MC all right well those, those are great questions I mean I guess you know the the answers are almost one in the same you know I feel like you just kind of have to live your life first and foremost and then just you know for me man my my art my writing like 
that's kind of like it almost feels like an extension of my lungs like i just breathe that out mm. you know so it's like i am a person first i'm a man first you know and, and i and i come out and, and live my life that way and then see how that influences my art you know i don't really i don't fabricate a character that i make music with and then go back to living my normal life i just am who i am and you know and then my art just kind of breathes breathes through me so with built to last you know i wanted to make that statement because i mean honestly man it's just a lot of knuckleheads out here tim there's a lot of people who don't know much and they're happy with that you know what i'm saying they're okay with the fact that they don't know much whatever i see whatever makes it my way i'm going to pump that up and that's going to be what i'm about you know I'm a different type of person. I really think that that way of thinking kind of leads to obscurity and insignificance and footnotedom, you know, yeah, what I'm yeah. and, and I don't want to be that. I want to be somebody that, you know, they're talking about me long after I'm gone, mm. you know, and, and, and they're not questioning my credibility while I'm here, you know? And, and so I think that those are the types of things that lead to longevity. I mean, also, you know, maybe not, putting out three albums every year, you know what I mean? I feel like the music has become disposable, but I feel like if you make appearances in the game and, and what you drop is timeless, then people will kind of not really associate you with any one era. You know, every once in a while, I'll, somebody will try to, you know, like online, maybe somebody will throw it at me. Oh, you know, you, you're a 90s dude or you, you're an old school dude or whatever. But I mean, my response to that really is that if my music is hotter than yours right now, how am I old school? Then what right. are you? You know what I'm saying? Like, so to me, I'm like, hey, I got one of the hottest albums out right now. I'm very confident about that. And I think that the the longevity that comes from it and the and the longevity that I'm speaking about on that song is not only just about, you know, my own staying around for a long time, but trying to get some of the younger guys to take note and let them know that like, yeah, you might be hot now, but if you don't maintain that, you know what I'm saying? Because you didn't listen when KRS dropped out of here, because you don't know about that philosophy behind that song, you you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. you might not be inspired to have longevity in rap or to have longevity in, in a music career. You know, you might just be looking at it as like, it's just a quick thing. It's a hustle because it's really getting promoted that way nowadays, that it's just a hustle. I mean, hip hop was never really a business until, you know, recent years. It's, it's just now the actual culture has become a business. Rap music has always been a music industry, but now they're trying to just sell sell the imagery to whoever will, will buy it. You know, every commercial is spoofing hip hop behavior and hip hop music right. and, and, and those types of things. So, you know, I just think that we have to guard our culture. And if you do that, there's always gonna be a core of people out there, a core of people who respect those who fight for it and fight to preserve what makes it beautiful and what makes it art because that's all we're trying to do you know and and i think that regardless of the generation gaps or how long anybody's been around people can notice that real heads real people will see the intentions of other real people and they'll support that which is why i think real hip-hop will never die because there's just always going to be people looking for it nice and actually you kind of touched on a bunch of things i want to talk to you about um throughout this interview but uh one thing that I think this album built to last um, 
you know, there's this is this is obviously like this is your first album since your open heart surgery in uh, 2011. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, to me, there's there seems to be two for me. There's two themes of this album. One you just talked about, um, you know, protecting the hip hop culture slash, you know, calling out people on their being lyrically weak yeah. uh, in this art form. But two and this I don't know if this was intentional or not, but two, there, there seemed to be this theme um that has to do with your heart attack and the personal lesson you took away from it either change your diet you know like the, yeah. f- the first yeah, yeah. Uh, the first like act of the future go you know less sodium you know that type of thing yep. right Absolutely. Uh, so i'm wondering that's when you have that second like this second underlying theme uh is that something that you hope people do take away from this album uh i mean do you want people walking away saying you know great album and do i really gotta look at what i'm doing to my health absolutely 100 percent. i mean you know what good are we to anybody if we go through things and don't share what we learn from them? Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, definitely. I I feel obligated. You know, it's like sometimes I know maybe it can even be a little a little overbearing. Like, you know, like maybe if, if one of my, my boys is a little overweight, you know what I'm saying? I mentioned nobody wants to hear that. Right. But at the, sa- right at the same time, it's like being in a position where people who love you almost lost you because you weren't taking good care of yourself is is not a good position to be in. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not a good position to be, sorry, to, to be the person that is, you know, forcing loved ones to, to face with, you know, face that possibility. So, you know, you just, you kind of want to do take care of yourself, but I just try to back off and not really give it to nobody like that. Cause we all have our things that we do. We all have our vices, but as far as like the general you know the general population and just like my fans especially yeah i do want them to know that like it was a close call and i learned a lot from it and uh you know also just like the support and prayers of all, of all those people actually you know really really drove me you know what i mean like it's not you hear people say that and and you know you think it's cliche but then you go through something like what i went through and then you really do see just how like just how powerful love is and just you know, people who never even met me, you know, just pouring their hearts out to me, you know. Right. So that, that you know, that, that experience is definitely something that I wanted to share. And even even the the personal part of it, which is the part that I don't want anybody to ever have to go through, but just the the, the pain and the the actual surgery and the recovery, the you know, even who am I is about the heart surgery. Mm. You know, who who am I is just about me waking up not knowing where i am not knowing what happened to me and for all i know the next thing somebody tells me is that who knows i don't know how much time has gone by i don't know what's going on so i might as well be in this sci-fi situation that i find myself in with lift right and and that explains you know me coming back stronger you know what i mean also uh, I think Lyft did an incredible job on that on that song, you know, bringing it to life and, and just telling that story for me because, you know, it comes all it's like, you know, it's a dream sequence. I know a lot of people on the service might hear that song and be like, what are they talking about or what is even going on here? But it, the song is right after Alive. Right. And in a, in Alive, I explain how, you know, I was out, I was unconscious and I don't know how long I was gone for, you know. In the reality, I woke up to my mom and my aunt holding my hand but you know in the in the song where am i you know i wake up in a lab not even attached to my own body because there was a time after the surgery where or it could have been before the surgery i don't even know but i was strapped to the bed 
And the only thing that I had any control over was my thoughts. I couldn't move. I couldn't feel anything. You know, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know if anybody was around me. All I knew is that my brain was working. Oh, wow. You know, and I could see, but I could only really see, like, where my head was positioned because I was completely strapped down to the table so that, you know, if I woke up, I didn't try to get up or move or something like that. So, so, you know, that is what inspired me, right? And where am I? Because, because I was just drugged up, you know, falling asleep, waking up, having dreams. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not. And, you know, that was, that was my, you know, attempt at just kind of putting that confusion into a more, you know, palatable, you know, form of expression, which, you know, a hip hop song is always a great place to be able to do that. You started as the first steps towards a man's ending and ended up being more like Johnny Depp in Transcendence. The numbness, how did I become this? Will anybody learn anything from this? We've all felt like a shell of a man, but imagine a man without a shell. That's a living hell. Virtual prison cell murdered my existence, or is it preserving my existence? I can't feel, but this is colder than the worst December. Unlike the Captain America flick, the first Avenger. Mine's intact, but yet it still it hurts to remember. Where's my home? Did it burst in the embers? What a is that is, is that is a where am I with featuring Mr. Lift? Is that a, was that a track that I mean? How soon after you were recovered that you thought of that as a track to write? Um, where am I if I'm not mistaken? Was the very last song I wrote oh, uh, for for the album? I knew that I wanted to do a track with Lift. I was having trouble uh, nailing them down to get the the verse recorded. You know, I had the track. I, I didn't even write. Yeah, I didn't even write my verse until right before he wrote his. But I just kind of gave him an idea of what I was looking for. And he just, you know, he took it someplace amazing. I, every time I hear that song, I'm just like, wow, that's that's next level. That's, that's really what I'm trying to do with my music is like take it to the next level of, of you know, provoking people to think about stuff. You know, you're always going to have your bangers. You're always going to have your tracks that remind everybody that you're not to be messed with on the mic. And, you know, even like, you're gonna have your mellow laid back stuff, but you gotta you gotta have stuff that pushes the envelope and at least, you know, tries to take you to you know, just take the boundaries and push them back a little bit. Right. I wanna actually uh go back go 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 back one track to our live. Um yeah. which you know, which you mentioned details the heart attack, the surgery and post. Um uh, yeah. was that the was that was that the hardest, I guess, emotionally track to write, or was it quote unquote easy because it was quote unquote so real I do think that the the I don't remember struggling with those lyrics at all you know it all happened you know what I'm saying so it was easy to you know I had the material it was just a matter of making it interesting uh, with the lyrics but I mean it was actually fun man because I wrote that song pretty much that same summer that that happened and it was just like, it was so fun, like, to be sitting there writing that song, going to myself, like, yo, I get to write this. Awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that's that's all that even matters, Tim. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I got to write that song. I don't care if anybody doesn't like it. I don't care if somebody doesn't like the beat. I It doesn't even matter to me. I got to write that song. So for me, that's, you know, the most important song of my career hands down like there's not even a question about it and it doesn't mean that i'm gonna perform it 11 times at my next show it just means 
that it, it you know it has a, a meaning to me that will always mean something when i'm an old man you know 30 years from now 40 years from now you know i'll be able to look back and think of something that happened to me when i was very young that i was able to overcome and continue on from and and you know everything from now till then is, is like it's this is the this is the greatest part of life for me now because now my level of appreciation and my level of understanding of my own body and how it works and, and all of that, you know what I mean? It's just all elevated. Yeah. I'm in my crib feeling blessed Early afternoon session, my homies just left All of a sudden started feeling mad stressed Like an elephant was standing on my motherfucking chest Now I start to panic and begin to convulse Agitated by accelerated rates on my pulse I called up my lady like I think I'm done, hun She said get off the phone with me and call 911 I tried, cause shit was really faded in a hurry at this point The numbers on my phone was all blurry and shit But by the grace of God I managed to dial And told him please send somebody to my crib right now I knew that that's the only way that I would stand a chance I'm a rider, but now I'll be riding in an ambulance They found me face down on the pavement Probably thinking about my tombstone engravement Vague memories of begging for assistance They said they couldn't help me, but we just a short distance from the hospital Mass general, class medical facility, incredible professional abilities uh, we're speaking to Acrobatic. He has a new album out called Built to Last. Uh, you've discussed this in the interview, and you and and I think there's a lot. Of, there's one thing I really I've always appreciated about all your work is that you have this level of passion that comes through on the mic that I think a lot of MCs don't. Thanks. Uh, and 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 this is this album's no different. You're showing your passion from you know track one to the last track uh, uh, throughout the whole album. So I'm wondering, is that? something is that is that your key to making music like when you know that you gave you know let's say 110 percent of of yourself do you know that right away that's a successful album for you well i just you know i try to share what i'm working on with the people around me as much as i can i mean i'm kind of guarded with my music and a lot of times people won't really hear it until it gets to a certain point but i do have a a really tight core of people that are close to me that i I let hear stuff and you know thankfully none of those people are yes man you know if there's something they don't like they'll explain it they'll say why you know what i mean and i just feel like i have enough privacy and enough time to myself to make the music that i truly want to make and i'm still you know out you know extroverted enough so that you know, I, I will run stuff by people to see how they're feeling about it. I mean, it's been really organic, man. You know, it's like my first album in six years, you know, so that already is, is going to make it special for me. It's just been a long time since I had product on the market like that. You know, I'm, I'm happy about that. But I really think that this record is strong, man. I, I went to, you know, nine different producers for 11 tracks, you know what I'm saying? And... and Yet it's still cohesive all the way through, and, and I'm glad that the passion is is resonating. You know, I'm glad that people like you are seeing that, and you know, I just hope the rest of the audience sees that. I'm an MC. You know, there's a lot of dudes out there who make a mockery of of being an artist. They make a mockery of being part of the hip hop community. You know, they'll get on the mic and be like, "We ain't rappers, we're hustlers." You know, this is a hustle. You know, whatever. I'm an MC. Like that's who I am. It's who I've always been. You know, I'm a rapper, I'm an MC, I'm a hip hop artist, I'm a member of the hip hop community. And my passion is knowledge, you know, so that's where, that's the cross section that you're gonna get on, you know, an acrobatic album. I'm gonna keep it as funky as possible. <laughs> 
What is the mercenaries theme? So the mercenaries theme is basically just an ode to capitalism. You know what I'm saying? Or a lament before capitalism, however you want to put it. It's like capitalism just runs this country. Money has become the bottom line, you know, and for all intents and purposes in America, money is also God. So that type of thought, that type of mentality, that type of behavior is going to drive people crazy. It's going to drive the nation crazy. And that's, you know, that's why in the chorus, I'm like, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, because everybody is on that. Everybody has a bottom line of money. Everybody has a price and everybody's out here just trying to get it. And that's why our, our, even our culture, hip hop culture, you know, certain guys got to the top and when they got there, they said, you know what? We have money that no one else has. So why don't we just make this hip hop thing about who has the most money? Right. And that, and now that's the bottom line. So everyone is just kind of on that. No matter what level of what we're talking about, the bottom line is going to be, well, how much money did it make? How much money does that person get paid? How much was the contract for? Because that's going to be ultimately what we use to determine the value of everything. Hmm. So, so a song like Mercenaries theme, I'm just like, yeah, let's just talk about it then. Everybody's broke, you know? Our, our government is, in the meantime, spending billions of dollars to, you know, send troops and tanks and weaponry all over the world. Mm. When, if that money wasn't being spent, the conflicts that are happening all over the world would resolve themselves one way or another. Regardless of what anybody thinks, America is not out there, you know, in a consistent state of preventing nuclear war or World War Three from happening. They're not. They're out there protecting their own interests from money. Mm. So all that money that's being spent doing that could be spent feeding all the people here that are starving, and they're choosing not to do that. Mm. The, money, the money could be spent educating the people that are here so that we have a smarter community, so we have a society of people who make better decisions. But they're not going to do that because that's not what they want. What they want is for the few people who have wealth to maintain that and not have to share it. And the way to do that is to just make sure that everybody else is ignorant and sedated off of mindless entertainment. And it works like a charm every time to the point where the people who are sedated off of mindless entertainment are not only sedated, but they will defend it to their last breath they become it. You can't tell them anything other than that. So that's kind of what we're up against. The mercenaries theme is just a way of poking fun at all that and making light of it all. Because, you know, if you wanted to, you could walk around grouchy about that all day, but I'm not that type of person. I love life. I'm in tune with, you know, what's around me. I love my family. I love the earth. I love going outside and breathing fresh air. Those are the things that motivate me. Those are the things that, you know, get me going from day to day. And I get excited about these things, my my recreational activities that I take part in every day. Money to me is, you know, it's what you get for what you do if you're working. And everybody has a different job. But for me, first and foremost, is that I'm doing I want to do. I mean, I got into it with this dude from Hot 97 on Twitter last yesterday. This dude, Ebro. I don't even really know who he is, but it's just like, he basically was just coming out and admitting that everything that he does is, is just about making money for his bosses. And that's cool, but like, you might get a nice check for that at the end of the week, but 
you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror. You want to be able to say, yo, I did what I wanted to do and I got what I got out of it. Right. You know, every, everything is on me. You know, so I might not be driving around in a Bentley, but I'm not running around here asking anybody for anything either, man. I'm just out here, you know, working really hard. So that's my hustle, you know. And and the, the mercenaries team, again, like I said, just it just really tries to put some accountability on some people. You know what I mean? Like, how can we have people sick and starving in America, and then we're threatening to bomb? countries overseas in the Middle East because their government has their people sick and starving. So, you know, that's kind of what that, that is. It's just it's just a fun way to deal with a serious topic. Come on, Uncle Sam, really, it can't be hard. I'm just trying to re-up on my EBT card. What you mean I got no government access? Then why you got access to my taxes? What clowns how the government shut down over some shit that been in the books for months now? Come on, are you serious? Yet Congress want to get bomb threats to Syrians? You throwing stones living in a glass house. Cause back home, you leaving your own ass out. Waiting on funds while they home passed out. But the end of every week, y'all checks is cashed out. Of course, citizens are gonna lash out at each other when it seemed like hope is cast out. The thanks we get is more tanks and shit. For electing you bozos, you get their ass like, out. You know, you, you discuss a lot of people about primary music. And so it's a primary music. Um, yep. Get your money out. And that said, uh, so I'm wondering, do, does that mean, would you categorize yourself as a, quote, political slash socially conscious rapper? Also, do you think there should be a category called politically slash social rapper? Because I've always kind of Mm. harped on the argument that rap is inherently politically and social yeah so rap is rap and the whole point of you know whole point of this especially hip-hop culture was to give awareness to what was going on on the streets and in the climate yeah well i mean i i think that everything that we do in life is political you know what i mean it's like whatever interest you have whatever your lifestyle is however you decide to do things First of all, the government's up in your business. And second of all, it's it's political because everybody has their agenda and that agenda is probably contrary to someone else's. That's just like a really fundamental thing about America. It's like, I want to be able to, I don't know, I want to be able to go in a bar and smoke. And then the other guy is like, I hate smoke. Mm. Okay, well, let's all put our crews together and put it to a vote and whoever has the most people wins and gets it the way they want it. So, so that is the way life is that's just like america you know and in other places maybe there would be you know i don't know like in a communist country maybe they'd say okay everybody gets the same thing and nobody can blow up and become famous right Mm -hmm. so there's that but in america it's all competition based you know what i mean and i I just think that that very nature of it just kind of causes us to be socially aware and politically aware so when you're a rapper i don't even know if it really needs to be categorized because like you said it's almost like it's understood right it's it's understood that we're politically and socially conscious until some fool comes around wasting everybody's time on the mic and says nothing that you can take away other than okay he has a lot of money i don't know how politically or socially conscious that is but it is to a degree because you you know that you need money and money is what talks in america and the more of it you have you know, the more power you have and, you know, you can, you can come up as a crack dealer, you can brag about it and then you can chill out with the president. Hmm, right. 
So those guys are, you know, somebody would probably tell you a guy like that is more conscious than a guy like me, because what do I have but just a bunch of, you know, facts and opinions or whatever. You know what I mean? And that's one way of looking at it. But the the true social consciousness to me comes when you're in touch with the people and being able to entertain, you know, let's say you have two or three million fans, you know, you're entertaining those people. But if you're someone who can relate to every single person that they meet throughout their life, you'll actually probably touch more people with what you do because those things resonate. A song can, can be a classic, but at the same time, it can also just be something that people get high off for a couple of months and then they throw it away. You know, and when you're saying things and making statements that resonate with people, that people are still talking about 10, 15, 20, 25 years down the line, you know, then you really saw who was conscious because your consciousness transcended generations. You know, it wasn't just one fad or one trend that everybody got up at one particular time because the beat was right and everything was lined up right. So, so I don't, I wouldn't categorize. I would, you know, to me, a rapper is a rapper. You know, just let's just put us all out there and let people say who they think is good. And let's just try to work on, like Chuck was saying yesterday, let's just work on balancing out the playing field so that the people have an actual menu of the types of music that they can listen to. Because we all remember the time when NWA and A Tribe Called Quest could rock side by side. Right, definitely, yeah. You know, now there's just this segregation. It's like we're going back to the 1930s or something like that in terms of the way we view ourselves socially. You know, everybody's pitting white versus black, young versus old. It's like there's always a reason why these cats can't mess with these cats. And then you have the Internet, which takes all of us and throws us into a big pot of stew and mixes us up. So you get all these confrontations and agitations and things like that. When in reality, people just want good music and they just want to have a good time, you know. And, and I—that's what I really want to give people. And I want to give people that under, with the understanding of, you don't have to be a, a fool. You don't have to risk your life. You don't have to risk your freedom, just to have a good time. You know, you don't have to follow this guy who's completely fabricating his life on a record just because the record sounds good. Just enjoy the music, Definitely. you know. And also, if you play, I mean, like you said, if you if you played the alternative, kids, kids, I and mean, people that listen to the radio will like it. Yeah, they'll love it. Uh, I, I mean, listen, I, I've been listening to music many times that I've said to myself, "Wow, this is timeless." You can't tell if this came out today or fifteen years ago. That's why the golden era of hip hop is the golden era of hip hop because a lot of that music is so timeless. You know, if you throw on electric relaxation, no one cares that it came out 20 years ago. It's just a classic. And as a hip-hop community, we're the only community that tries to just dispose of everything when we're done with it. Mm. You know, whereas you got guys like Ozzy Osbourne and his band, they put out an album last year that went to number one on the pop charts at 70 years old. And we're trying to push rappers out door at 40 and tell them to go to the old folks' home. Right, right. It's, it's really, really ignorant, Tim. Seriously, it's like ignorant beyond my ability to understand ignorance. Right. You know? But again, it's like I could spend all my time going on a crusade trying to tell everybody that they're ignorant, 
or I can just make music the best way I know how. And maybe I won't reap the benefits now of that. But when everybody has all this sorted out and some of the ignorance gets cleared out, my music will remain and it'll still be there. And people will go, oh, well, here's one guy who, who had the right idea. Too bad nobody paid attention to it when it was happening. <laughs> right. But at least this is a guy who had the right idea. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Delayed gratification is just fine with me. I don't need instant gratification because I make music regardless of what happens with it. We're speaking with Acrobatic, his new album, Built to Last. I want to get to the album in just one moment, back to the album in just one moment. But I kind of, you touched on uh, being a college professor and of uh, hip hop history, and you, uh, you, you also teach at PHA Charter School. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so, do you find I'm just I, so going back? Like, so I, I remember being uh, years ago. I was an after school program director in in Kids in the Bronx, and uh, that's when you know Jay Z's big pimping was big. Um, yeah. And I remember doing a kind of a lesson with them where we isolated the beat and I just printed out the lyrics to "Big Pimping" versus Jay Z's "Where I'm From." Yep. And the kids ultimately gravitated to "Where I'm From" because that was something that was one was poetic, but two was something they could just relate to. And big pumping, pimping with the lyrics were something they just couldn't relate to. It was a great, you know, great beat, yeah. uh, flashy video, but it was just something. So I'm wondering, do the kids that you work with, are they open to, I mean, if you kind of, are they, are, are they, when you play them uh, the classics, are yeah. they open to that or are they hesitant to actually listen to it? Or, I mean, what, what do you, what do you find with them? The students at UMass are the honors college students, or at least last semester they were. And so a lot of them didn't even really have much of a hip-hop background, and they were being introduced to a lot of new stuff. Like, you know, we would do a thing at the beginning of every class where we would just randomly play one hip-hop song. It could be from any artist, you know, any type of song. And so we played them all different stuff. Uh, Mama said, knock you out. Um... Uh, Ghetto Boys, uh, a happy nigga from Ghetto Boys. Um, you know, we, the MC by Kevin One. Like we, we really uh, uh, the song about I love I love boosters or something like that by the Who. Like really gave them this wide array of music. Rap God by Eminem. You know, from different eras and really gave them a wide portfolio and. They, write about those songs in journals and we also have the discussions during class and they were just this much kids you know what I'm saying they're really insightful they, they just they were all over it they appreciated it some stuff they actually would get a, would get a giggle out of them you know what I mean like if it was stuff they didn't hear before but my high school students those guys I feel like they were even more knowledgeable though like I had one student named Fabrice and he he uh he was killing it. Like he was coming in, quoting boot camp quick on the first day of school. You know what I'm saying? Like stuff, stuff like that. Like yeah, because his his uncles, you know what I'm saying? His uncles were heavy into hip hop, heavy into the whole like duck down movement and, and all the all the New York stuff. So he had a background. He just was you know growing up listening to that. So he, he's like 15 now, and so he has all that influence. And then you put him in front of a mic, he's just killing it and he sounds like, you know, all of the all of the um technical skills from back in the day but with the modern the modern attitude and just that that savvy that fifteen year olds have now that we didn't have when we were fifteen, you know what I mean? And like and it just creates 
this really cool, slick sounding MC that when that kid is, you know, 25, my guess is that he'll be one of the best rappers out there. Wow. You know? Speaking of acrobatic, a uh, new album about the last. All right, I want to get back into the album. Uh, you yeah. uh, know, three hundred featuring uh, Edo G and Master Ace is, I think, pretty incredible. Cause thank you, it's you three on the album on a track together. Is, uh, hey, I'm throwing off your hand-eye coordination. Now your modus operandi subordination. Niggas notice how my band flies across the nation. Master Ace, Edo, and I, the coronation. Radio guys, really, how can I support the station? They only play music from dudes who can't afford to pay them. Fuck that, I'm storming through with different You know, working with Ace and Edo is great. I've been on the road with them, and, you know, Edo is, is a really good friend of mine. I've known him for many years, and... I've gotten to know Ace over the last couple of years from being on the road with him and touring Europe with him. And, you know, he's overcome a lot to get to where he is now. And he's just amazing. Both of those guys are amazing. And I'm just happy to have that record on my album because it's, it's one of my two or three favorite songs on my album, definitely, man. It's just a banger. My man P hooked up the beat. Rock, just, you know, it's a crazy, crazy record. And I'm glad it's on there. Bold, not bashful, king of the castle. Stop your ride, break your axle, break the shackle of the rascals with whack flow. The bald you dread and afro, we assholes. You the wrong groups, hype man, unexciting Nazi, Adolf Eichmann, fighting the enlightenment. So, you know, the first track, Act of the Future, and the, the last track, uh, Hope, yeah, uh, relay messages of optimism. Uh, was it purposeful to start and end the album this day, this way? And what do you want people to be hopeful for? When I recorded Hope and uh, sent it to, to Jake Fronius and, and he did this thing and I got it back and really heard it as a complete song, I knew immediately that I wanted it to be the last song on the album. You know, I knew that that was going to be where I wanted to close it out with because that was the song that made the statement that I most wanted people to take away from the album with them, which is need hope. I mean, I just feel like we have become so complacent and we are just so willing to accept whatever the hand has dealt us. And that's this, you know, I ain't nothing. So I ain't never going to be nothing. I came from nothing. So that's what it's going to be. I'm in this position. I'm around these people who ain't trying to do nothing. So I ain't trying to do nothing. There's what can you do anyway? What are we supposed to do? And I just feel like that despair is becoming very common. And we're just becoming used to it and just kind of saying, oh, well, that's what life is. No, you know, whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. You can feed your seed if you can feed your weed habit. Opportunities like these indeed grab it. Our communities in need. Can we please have it? Young intelligent minds conceive magic. Why neglect breeze tragic outcomes? I understand the sinkholes hard to climb out from. But yo, we have to make it. So I procrastinate and make the future generations wonder why they have to wait. Get out and see the world. Your block will blind you and you can't escape things you need to leave behind you. I don't mean to 
preach, I'm just trying to remind you to not be another statistic with a line through. I know the bills be compiling, cops profiling, while you're with your crew freestyling. I seen this girl with no arms smiling, same time I was mad about a late flight. I was the best way for us to, and listeners, to continue to support the album and actually just to kind of keep the update with what you're, what you're working on. Well, I got a couple of different places. I mean, I would urge everybody first and foremost to go to my Bandcamp page. So if you just uh, go to acrobaticmc.bandcamp.com, uh, that'll take you to, you know, I got my new music up there. I got some some cool acrobatic T-shirts with the logo on them and stuff like that. Um, I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Everywhere I'm at online, look up Acrobatic MC. A-K-R-O-B-A-T-I-K-M-C. And that's at Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Bandcamp. Very easily searchable, man. Come mess with me. Come keep in touch with me and, and stay up to date on these shows and this new music. New album, Built the Last. Uh, artists, MC, Acrobatic. Uh, thanks so much for joining me on the library with Tim Inekel on rapstation.com. Thanks so much for having me, man. Big up to y'all, man. Public enemy forever. P.E. in effect, boy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dude, thanks so much for doing this. All right, fam. Thanks for having me, brothers. Much appreciated. They got them shooting each other. The ones in control don't love us, but we brothers. We brothers. Come on. So if you ask me about the scar on my chest, I tell you on some man and steel shit, that ain't an S. When I thought I was done, and at the end of my rope, they tattooed my body with the symbol for hope. Uh huh. Come on. My city needed hope. My family needed hope. My people needed hope. The whole world needed hope. My city needed hope. My family needed hope. My people needed hope. The whole world needed hope. My city needed hope. My family needed hope. My people needed hope. The whole world needed hope. My city needed hope. My family needed hope. My people need it, the whole world. B-boy. We're coming home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're coming Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.